You are about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, episode number 25, the season one finale. On this episode, you will hear from my four favorite men on the entire planet Earth, my four sons. From oldest to youngest, you'll hear from Max, Jake, Aaron, and Connor. They have all played extremely important roles in supporting my dream of creating mediocrity. On this episode, you'll hear us talk about life, wellness, and of course, meet mediocrity. So with that, let's get started. It's Mediocre Mitch, and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast Season 1 Finale, Episode 25. I dreamed about creating a health and wellness podcast and community for quite a long time. And I'll admit it, I wanted to do it for selfish reasons. Two selfish reasons come to mind. Let me start with selfish reason number one. Wellness motivation for me. My plan was, and it continues to be, to cultivate a community of people focusing on our health and wellness, sharing ideas, sharing insights, and sharing motivation. Of course, my hope is that listeners and participants in Meet Mediocrity improve their wellness journeys, and find motivation in Meet Mediocrity. But selfishly, I want to find that for me in my wellness journey as much as anyone else. So that's selfish reason number one. Selfish reason number two, creative energy. I have found that I just love creating content. Identifying people I want to have conversations with, getting those, conversations, getting those conversations set up, creating the podcast storyline, editing the recordings, publicizing the speakers. It's all been a lot of fun for me. And engaging on social media, writing blog posts, producing videos have also been a lot of fun. The creative outlet for me has been incredibly rewarding and maybe a little therapeutic too. Here's the thing though. To pull this off, I needed support. And lo and behold, the biggest support has come from my family. You've heard me speak about and share social media posts about my wife, Magnificent Meredith. Now, Meredith is a little bit microphone shy, which is funny because if you know Meredith, you know she's not shy at all, but she is a little microphone shy. But she's really been an amazing advisor and a sounding board to me and for me during the course of Meet Mediocrity. The other primary and key source of support has been my children, Max, Jake, Aaron, and Connor. They're all boys in their 20s, and they all understand social media marketing much better than I do. 
So whether it's been giving me advice on how to choose effective hashtags or how to attract followers, but also to suggesting guests, to designing my logo, to participating in my wacky meet mediocrity family 5K runs, creating my theme music, my boys have been incredibly supportive. So today, on our season one finale of the Meet Mediocrity podcast, I've invited my sons to join me and share a little bit about what's up with them, what's up in their lives, what's up with their personal health, wellness, and betterment journeys. So, without further delay, here are my conversations with my four boys, Max, Jake, Aaron, and Connor. First, here's my conversation with Max. Max is a music producer who goes by the name Maxwell Q. That's M-A-X-X-W-E-L-L-Q. Maxwell Q. Max produced my catchy theme music for Meet Mediocrity. He moved out to Los Angeles from New York in January and has basically been stuck in his apartment with the pandemic for the past five months. What a crappy deal. But he's making the most of it. And here he is, my conversation with my son, Max. So, Max, uh, thanks thanks for being on my podcast today. You're welcome. Uh, how are you today? I'm doing good. Look, I have to be honest. I have mentioned you on the podcast at least 10 times, but now we get to hear your voice. Um, you're the famous producer of the Meet Mediocrity theme music. So can you tell, tell us a little bit about your music business and you know what you do to create music? Okay, well, uh, I'm Max, also known as Maxwell Q. Um, I've been producing, and basically what I do is I produce music. I make beats and take different sounds and put it together to make like a background type of music for different um, avenues, whether it's music artists or people that do podcasts or um, anything under the sun that you think could use music in the background, I created for them. Hey, so do, do is there a, I mean, now I know that, you know, you created the music for my podcast, but do you have a specialty genre of music or can you basically produce any kind of music? I mean, I like to stick around hip hop and R&B. I mean, that's definitely my forte, but I can really do it all because I love so many different styles of music and I just kind of go off of how I'm feeling and what you know, what I'm, uh, what I'm in the mood to make at that moment in time. So like, you know, it could be from a, you know, I'm feeling doing some hip hop or I might even be feeling like doing some rock or some, uh, up-tempo like dance music really just comes down to how I'm feeling at the moment. Well, people who know Mediocre Mitch know that I'm a country music fan. What they don't know is that you are the person who turned me on to country music 15 years ago when you stuck some (laughs) Tim McGraw and some Keith Urban on my iPod. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Max, when I called you up to create the music for Meet Mediocrity, all I said to you was health and wellness podcast, 
ordinary people helping ordinary people, something upbeat, send me some music. And you created like yeah. the perfect song. So how did that, how did that all play out once I gave you those instructions? Um, I mean, so normally it's how you just describe, I, I just thought about health and wellness and I thought about, you know, it's very much a, just very happy and, uh, good feeling good. Um, so I just wanted to create something that, um, you know, felt, you know, felt uplifting and very, you know, motivating and positive. And, uh, those were just the sounds that I thought would, um, you know, would work best. And I mean, I did send you like what, three or four different, um, options before you did, you you did. the one that you like exactly wanted. So I kind of just go off of my feeling and then I let the, uh, the client really decide and tell me which way they want to go. And then I'll, you know, steer it back into the, you know, the way that they want it to be. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, it's what the client wants. Well, well, I have to tell you, I, and, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because you're my son, like you sent me, I think three or four, but I, this one was like, perfect. I was like, it's it. It's perfect. And you sent me all the different file types. You sent me, you know, a loop that was good for the beginning, a loop that was good for the end. It was like completely painless. So I guess even though you're my son, I'm still going to recommend you as someone who, if someone needs like background music or intro music for anything, a vlog, YouTube videos, um, podcasts, like you are a pleasure to work with. And, and you're not always a pleasure, Max. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> uh, oh, I know. But when it comes to music and when it comes to working on music, I make sure it's definitely the best for the client and what they want. So it was dope. I definitely um, happy to continue to work for you. With you. So um, last question. I know and you know that you made a huge move from New York to Los Angeles at the beginning of 2020. And the reason you moved was to continue to pursue your music career closer to the center of the music world, like Los Angeles, Hollywood. You were there for like a month and COVID-19 hit and you've been basically in your apartment for the vast majority of the time since you moved to LA. How have you been handling that? Um, it's definitely been hard. It's definitely been a struggle, but kind of just, just keep moving and keeping my head down and just working. And, you know, I mean, it's definitely hard during these times when you're not really sure, you know, what the future holds, but like, you know, you kind of just have to keep pushing and keep working at it because if you stop, it's all gonna crumble. So like, I don't know, I've just been trying to stay focused, trying to just keep working you know, do my thing and stay positive because, you know, it's really all you have. And you're still putting out new music on your, on your website, correct? Yep. Still new music every single day on the website, new music on all streaming and uh, social media platforms. So, you know, if you want to look at anything or look or listen to anything that I have, you know, there's definitely new music out every single week as much as possible. Well, I'm going to post the name of your website on the description to this podcast. But for those who are listening, it's Maxwell Q M A dot com. And Max, thank you for being on my podcast. And I love you. I love you too. No problem. All right. Take care, Max. All right. Thanks. Okay. So you've met Max. And now here's my conversation with Jake. 
Jake works in the business division of a large healthcare system. In many ways, Jake and his colleagues have been front and center of the pandemic. Now, while Jake is not a patient-facing person in his role, he has faced some very interesting logistical challenges because of the pandemic. So here is my conversation with Jake. So Jake, thanks for being with me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, so first of all, the reason I asked you to be with me is because of, uh, you've been a helpful, um, uh, resource and advisor. Advisor is the word I was looking for. Um, advisor to me as it relates to the podcast and social media and the whole thing. Um, you move back home from your apartment, um, because of your apartment in New York city because of the pandemic. Um, so tell me a little bit about just just first generally, how's it been, you know, moving back home and working from home? Um, it's been interesting. It's been different. I've never really worked from home before. Um, I mean, we came back here because it's, you know, we have more space here. There's, you know, we can spend time in the backyard and we don't really have that in New York City. And I mean, New York City is like the epicenter. So getting out of there was probably the right move. And you get to spend time with your father. Obviously, of course. Very important. <laughs> um, now, Jake, you work for a healthcare system in the orthopedics practice. So the stress of the pandemic is pretty acute in your workspace. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen um, in terms of the pandemic impacting you or your colleagues? So <clears throat> I guess I would say it's kind of twofold. The first part is... I played a big role in helping all the people work remotely because our company, or at least our, you know, the VP of our service line d didn't really want people to work remotely. So everyone was always coming into the office before the pandemic. And now we were mandated to send everybody home. So getting all these people to be able to work remotely who had no functions working from home before didn't have, some people didn't have laptops, some people didn't have access. I was helping all of them get prepared to work from home on top of getting myself prepared to work from home, which was a whole nother thing. Um, I had to bring my workstation home, my computer screens, my laptop, get myself set up as if I was sitting at my desk at work. So, um, so, so it's not like, so the ability to work at home wasn't a simple, bring your laptop home, switch it on, get to work. Not at all. Especially because we're working with, you know, PHI and there's all the HIPAA rules that we have to follow. So making sure that people can work from the network while being remote and, you know, keeping all of the protected health information confidential. Like, for example, I have to tell all the billers who are billing for our surgeons, I had to help them get access remotely. We had to get them laptops. We're still trying to get them computer screens at home. It's like ongoing every day. So that's a, so now we're talking about operational type issues that a healthcare system had to deal with. What about healthcare issues? I mean, I know for a while, I don't know if it's still true, like if you had a non-emergency, non-COVID medical condition, you were either encouraged not to come to the doctor or you weren't allowed to go to the doctor. Where do we stand on all that? So that's a whole nother aspect of what I've been working on, which is interesting. I kind of got to see both sides of how we're dealing with it in the practice and how you deal with it from your employees. Um, we've been rolling it out in phases. We kind of started with... Um, only allowing about 50% of the amount of people we were allowing into the practice in terms of patients. We were telling people to stay home, telling people not to come in, mandating that you wear a mask. We were giving out masks, taping, taking temperature at the doors. If you go into our practices, we have spots on the floor to say, keep your distance. Um, 
chairs marked off not to sit in. We have designated safety attendants outside. We have this whole operation on the back end to try and make sure that everyone stays safe in the practices. But like I was saying before, it, it was a phased approach. So now we're almost back to 100% of our pre-COVID volume, patient volume, but we're still having to keep those practices where we have less physicians at a time, less patients coming in at a time. So we have to find other ways to make it safe for patients while still getting, you know, money into the health system. So orthopedics, so mediocrity, health and wellness, a lot of people who exercise, run, lift weights, endurance exercises, and those things lead to injuries. So obviously, if you break a bone and you need surgery, you'll have to have that surgery. Right. But what about things like... um, you know, muscular strains, things that you would go to a doctor for if you were unsure or um, MRIs if you're unsure or physical therapy if it's... So So what about those non-critical sports-related injuries? It's, it's interesting because we have physicians who are dedicated sports physicians and that's kind of how they built their practice. So in order to keep them productive. We need to get those patients in the door, even though we're encouraging people who aren't that hurt to stay home. So one of the big things we've been pushing, which, which wasn't just a huge endeavor by us, but a huge endeavor by the whole health system was telehealth. And we have a lot of patients being seen that way too. We're, we're pushing our physicians to do it. We're scrubbing the schedules to see if there's anybody who has an injury like that, that can be diagnosed from, from telehealth and then, and then treating them that way. But I mean, everything's still running. The, the, the PT offices are still open that we're referring to and, and they're doing the same thing with half telehealth, half in the office. So, um, so the volume is where it was, but you're doing more telehealth when you can as much as possible, because I mean, it's, it's a great way to keep people safe and, and do both keep people safe and get money for the system. Um, that makes perfect sense. So let's shift gears a little bit more to your non-work life. Um, You've been highlighted on the Meet Mediocrity podcast as someone who came in second place in our two uh, 5Ks, losing to your little brother. Um, but I know you've been trying to stay in shape and stay active. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing uh, to do that. Well, that's another reason that I'm happy that I'm home because we are able to, you know, work out here. We have uh, some gym equipment here. I've been doing some of that. I've been using the Peloton a lot. That's that's my biggest thing to use when I don't feel like doing anything. I feel like it's easier to motivate myself to do a 30 minute ride on the Peloton when someone's yelling at me to pedal faster (laughs) than it is to get myself to make my own exercise program and lift weights or go running. But I've kind of been doing a lot of, I guess, those three things mostly. Okay, good. And we all know that you've been playing golf because we catch you on um, my Instagram posts playing golf and your golf game has not lost a thing at all. You shot your best score ever just a few weeks ago. Um, how are you keeping your golf game in shape? It's not like you're going to the range and practicing. How do you do it? I feel like at this point, it's a lot of muscle memory, I guess. I mean, I had one of the best teachers, I could say. Yes, so. that is true. <laughs> oh, that is a brown-nosing move. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I don't know. We've played so much over the years that at this point, you know, sometimes just you just get right back into it. Well, I just want to thank you again for all of your help with Meet Mediocrity, being encouraging, being an advisor, and we're about to start season two after this episode. I hope you'll continue to uh, give me your support. Yeah, of course. You know that. (laughs) I love you, Jake. Love you too. Bye-bye. Okay. 
So you've met the two oldest boys, Max and Jake. Third is my conversation with Aaron. Aaron is an event producer. He not only created my Meet Mediocrity logo, he also won both of our Meet Mediocrity family 5K runs, which was not surprising because we all knew Aaron was the fastest runner of the bunch. Aaron has used his time during the pandemic on some very creative projects that really tie into the career he's building as an event producer. So with that, here's my conversation with Aaron. So Aaron, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having me, Mediocre Mitch. (laughs) You've been a big part of Meet Mediocrity. First of all, you helped me create the Meet Mediocrity logo, which is on cool merchandise now, T-shirts and stickers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I helped you with that, yeah. But, you know, you also, we did a couple of videos. We did a couple of family 5Ks, and you picked up the microphone, and you narrated part of those videos. So you're a natural with the microphone. You know, I I guess you could just say that I take after my father because... Um, yeah, I, I feel very comfortable in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, whatever it may be. So. Well, look, um, not everyone not everyone knows this, but you are in the event production business. So putting on events, but also emceeing or DJing or having a microphone in your hand is something that you do. So tell us a little bit about your experience in event production. You know, it's really interesting just being able to see all aspects of what goes into putting together an entire event from the talent to the lighting and audio and visual aspects to all of the decor. Um, You know, we handle all of that and it's very, very um, interesting to see an event start from the beginning process and working with a client to their very special date and watching it all come together. So you don't just, you don't just perform at the event. You help, envision it design it stage it and produce it we are an all-in-one event production company and we can help you every step of the way um you know whether it be collaborations or if you just want us to hold your hand through the entire process we can do whatever you need so here's the issue we're in the middle of a global pandemic events are kind of not the thing right now so true So tell us a little bit about how you've been keeping yourself busy and productive during the pandemic. So I'm one of those people that if they just sit and wait for something to be over, they'll just get antsy and bored and start plotting. So, um, you know, I've really taken a lot of time in my own projects and starting a podcast slash Uh, media channel network where we are posting a lot of content regarding the electronic music industry, um, putting together live streams where we are taking very homegrown artists from the New York area and putting them onto, um, you know, live networks like YouTube and uh, Twitch is very popular nowadays, but uh, using those platforms to showcase these artists, um, basically pulling, uh, components of the event production industry that I was previously in before COVID-19. Okay, so let's drill down on this a little bit. So first of all, we know, I know, because I'm your father, 
that your podcast is called Festival Freaks. That is correct. Festival Freaks. Yep. So back in the day before the global pandemic, you used to enjoy going to music festivals. Mm -hmm. You had a lot of friends there. And this is where Festival Freaks was born. Essentially. What's the theme? Like, what, what is that podcast all about? So the theme is to really, you know, just grasp all aspects of the music festival culture and everything from the music to the people that you're meeting to the wild and wacky stories that you will have by going to these festivals and trying to explain them to people that weren't there and then being like, huh? But, you know, um, the community is very tight knit. You meet so many people at these places and things like that, that um, everything from that to the news, to the music, to all of it encompassed in one. That's what we're here to provide for you. So, by the way, let, let's just be clear. There are wild and wacky things at these festivals that you talk about on your podcast, but you certainly do not talk about to your father. <laughs> so you have been listening to my podcast <laughs> is what you're telling me. But tell me also a little bit. You talked about a live stream. So yes. how does that work? Are you actually having performers perform in their houses? Are they performing? Um, what, what are they doing in the pandemic? How are you doing this? So I think that's a really cool question because, you know, it's has become a big part of the music industry is to now play online because you can't really play in person anymore. Um, a lot of these artists have been doing it from the bedrooms of their homes. Uh, we'll make, maybe make it a little interesting by putting some candles around or something. But what we're trying to do is, you know, like I said, hone in components of that event production that I've, uh, been a part of for so long and bringing the live experience into your household by putting together video walls and, uh, video projectors and having crisp, clear audio sound and things like that straight into your, uh, living room. So you can so just you're putting it. on like a legit event. You're bringing, you're bringing artists into a central spot Yep. with real equipment, professional equipment, professional lighting, professional sound, and you're basically streaming it like an online, a real online concert. You hit the nail right on the head. Yep. So that's really cool. And can people find that on the Festival Freaks? What uh, cha- on on your podcast channel? Is that where on, on Instagram? Where where do they find this? I mean, it's Festival Freaks. We are everywhere: Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, which is where our live streams are mostly going down. So if you go to Twitch. TV slash Festival Freaks. That is where you will find us. We're actually uh, putting together one for this Thursday. Um, I don't know when this is going to be released, but this Thursday, if anybody wants to go check it out, um, some artists that I've been friends with for a long time are coming up to play. So very, very excited about it. But yes. So you have a live stream coming up on Thursday of this week, and this will come out on Friday. So you, the people will be able to see a pretty fresh recording of it the day after it's produced. Oh, yes. Replays go up on our Twitch channel, on our YouTube channel. You can find us basically on any social media platform. Great. Okay. So last thing, not podcast related. Um, people who know you know that you are rehabbing from a little snowboarding incident um, where you injured your shoulder. Um, how's the shoulder doing? Um, and how are you feeling and how is it impacting your golf game? (laughs) Um, well that experience sucked first and foremost, but 
my shoulder's been good. It's been about three months since the injury. Uh, I broke two ribs, fractured my scapula bone, and actually punctured a lung. So it was pretty scary, but all is good now. I feel like I'm almost as good as new, and I've been going to physical therapy for about five, six sessions now, which has you know helped me rebuild that strength in my arm and getting to use it again and golf game hasn't been too bad has not been too bad i can't lie so you felt you felt physical therapy really helped your 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 recovery of your shoulder i would definitely say so yeah because you know once you're injured you kind of just fall into a lull of not using that muscle anymore and when something's been seriously hurt, you know, um, it's using all of its strength to rebuild it again and um, to get it back to where it once was is ultimately the goal. And through stretching, through massaging, through exercise and weightlifting, that's the only way it's going to get back to normal. So uh, I'm definitely a big advocate for physical therapy. Well, Aaron, I just want to say thank you again because this episode is all about how my sons have helped make season one of the Meet Mediocrity podcast a success and your help with both the, you know, organizing the 5K runs, helping me, uh, you know, both narrate, um, MC, produce the videos for that Mm -hmm. and the cool freaking logo, which is on my stickers and my T-shirts. Um, you played a big part in all that. So I just want to say thank you again. Yeah. I mean, when you approached me about this project, I thought it was such a cool idea. Uh, I've always been a supporter of it. And, um, when you asked me to help, I just, I just got giddy about it. So (laughs) being able to help you pursue a project that I know that you're very passionate about, it was just made me happy. Well, I love you. Oh, daddy. I love you too. Okay. Take care. (laughs) All righty. Okay. Fourth. Last but not least, here's my conversation with my youngest son, Connor. Connor's about to become a college senior, and he's a member of the defending Division III NCAA men's volleyball championship team, the State University of New York at New Paltz Hawks. Connor's been getting used to online classes, staying in volleyball shape, and taking up a new hobby. We'll talk about that in a minute. Here's my conversation with Connor. Okay, so Connor, thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me, uh, Mitch. Um, So, listen, you have been incredibly helpful to the Meet Mediocrity podcast, first and foremost, um, a couple of episodes ago, you got some of your buddies from the volleyball team to join, so I really appreciated that. No problem. I talk about you all the time up in New Paltz. You know, we talked. I talked to, to Matt and Robbie in an earlier episode about the volleyball and about your season yes. being cut short. Um, so I was thinking about it as it relates to you. So your season was cut short. It was like January or February? Yeah, something like that. And, you know, by the time next season starts, it's going to be a long... Yeah. So what are you doing to keep your volleyball game at least a little bit sharp? You don't want it to get too rusty. What are you doing? Um, So I'm trying to stay in the best shape as possible, even though it's tough in quarantine with like the lack of motivation and everything. But now that I'm home, like we have a whole gym set downstairs. So I've been trying to like work out every day. 
And also during our season, I've been dealing with like a nagging like shoulder injury. So I just started physical therapy for that. So you know, I'm just trying to take advantage of like the downtime really to try and get be the best person or self I can be for the next season, especially being my senior year and last opportunity to play for New Paltz. Oh, so next year, right, I'm, I'm asking like I don't know. <laughs> Since I pay the tuition, yeah, I do so, know. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so next season is your last season, um, and you, know, you don't want to go in rusty. So you said you've been working out um, and doing physical therapy. Give me a little bit of sense. Is it, is it running? Is it weight training? Is it something else? What are you doing to keep yourself strong, keep the shoulder strong? Um, so I absolutely dislike cardio. So like the one form of cardio that I actually kind of enjoy is riding on like the Peloton bike in our basement, which is really nice because there's so many different classes and the instructor is really cool. But mostly like uh, strength training and trying to like watch my diet, really, because, uh -huh. you know, I, I stayed up in New Paltz for like the rest of the semester and like it was a... Uh, you know, so much good food around there, so I would just eat my, my life away, and I'd definitely put on the couple pounds, but being home now, just trying to, like, eat better and, like, just strength training and, like, you know, trying to, you know, try and work for that summer bod. You know, Connor, you're 21 years old. You can admit that beer was part of the problem, too. You, yeah, alcohol <laughs> and beer was definitely incorporated in that. You know, with our newfound uh, bar in our basement that Matt and Robbie talked about, I'm sure. That's right. That's right. So, um, Connor, I did want to quickly mention because I know that you also do Pilates. I do. And it's funny because Pilates has had a, a reputation for being like something middle-aged housewives did. <laughs> yeah. And I remember reading an article, it's now a while ago, that Tiger Woods bought a reformer for his own house to make yeah. himself a beast of a golfer, right? Yeah. So I know you do Pilates. I do. Uh, and, and, and I think you like it, but tell us a little bit about it. Um, it's very interesting because, uh, as Mitchell knows, my mother loves Pilates and she just kind of, cause, uh, my freshman year of college, I had like a really bad nagging back injury and, um, you know, like all the physical therapists like told me that like, getting a strong core and like would really help me, um, like incorporate to like help the back pain and stuff. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll give it a try. And then I did it the whole summer and I came back my sophomore year feeling great and everything and I know it was just like a good core workout and whatnot and so I just kind of stuck with it I mean it's like a it's like a totally different type of workout like I'm always like my abs are like crying throughout the workout and usually I go to the studio but we've been doing like zoom calls over FaceTime up at New Paltz and that's kind of like where my like workout started I was like my mom offered me like you know if you want to do Pilates classes I'm like all right like why not like I'm doing nothing else like I'll just do it and it's a good workout you know kills time for an hour and like Kills my abs and like nothing like I mean like Tiger Woods does this and like I mean nothing like good some core strength. So um, yeah, and it's funny because I know that Pilates is really good for your whole body because if you start with a strong core, then you've got good posture. And if you got good posture and you've got a strong core, everything builds off that. Yeah, especially jumping and and exactly. Volleyballs. Also, so Tiger Woods golf. Yeah. Um, Robbie and Matt on our podcast talked about golf. I know that you've taken up golf. Yes. Um, you're the, I, I've played with you a few times since you've gotten back home. Yeah. I can tell you that mediocre is a perfect word for your <laughs> golf game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you seem to be really committed to golf. So tell me a little bit about how you're feeling about your golf game and where it's going. Um, I'm pretty, I feel very confident in my golf game. 
Um, I mean, like Matt and they talked about on the podcast. And I knew about golf for just like getting to play and finding the true love of it. But I think now why I enjoy it so much is like it's another challenge for me because, you know, volleyball is a lot of fun and I like challenging myself with that. But finding a new sport that like you really like and getting better at is like very exciting to me because like the whole process of, you know, going to the range, practicing your swing and like, you know, I'm eager to go to the range because I want to like stop slicing the ball and like practice and everything. But I don't know. It's just it's a lot of fun, especially just going out with your family or friends and like, you know, going out there for four or five hours just to play and talk and whatnot, even though you get a little frustrated here and there. <laughs> Well, you know what? Um, you know that that my favorite people to play golf with are my sons. So yes. um, adding you into the mix is exactly yeah. Happy what to be I part of the foursome. For. So that's awesome. So listen, I just want to say thank you for all of your help and support, um, both by getting guests, participating, letting me take your picture, <laughs> um, giving me advice on social media, how to use social media. Of course, you've, you've been one of the people who've helped make me- mediocrity a success in season one. Yes, and I hope to continue to have you support as we go forward. Of course, I'm happy to help. All right, thanks, Con. Love you. Love you too. Bye bye. Bye. Well. There you have it, all four of Mediocre Mitch's sons. And as a proud father, I will quickly say that they are not mediocre. They have been incredibly supportive of mediocrity, and they are all making lemonade out of lemons during the pandemic. Whether it's through their work, their hobbies, their school, and frankly, their attitudes... They are all improving themselves and looking at their future in positive ways. So, here's the final wrap of season one of Meet Mediocrity. Please do me a favor. If you've enjoyed Meet Mediocrity, please tell your friends. We're looking for even more followers. We have great episodes already lining up for season two. And we have other great content in the works as well. We will be right back at you next week with Season 2, Episode 1 of the Meet Mediocrity Podcast. And until then, stay healthy, keep safe, keep smiling, and be well. Take care, everyone.